0: Feel good. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just feel good. Thank you, brother. Thank you, my man. My man. This is this is a great day, Great Easter. Thank you, Lord, for your your goodness and your grace. We are about to embark on a journey. Uh, well, first off, uh, how, how many people been blessed by the, the uh, point point period? Thus uh, far, been an amazing time. Uh, actually, actually taking a, a a halt, a halt from from that. Um, we we'll won't be engaging that today. Uh, we, we're going to shift our focus a little bit. But uh, but for those who are here with us for the first time, Point Blank Period is a uh, message series that we were walking through, where we are talking about the different core values that God has called uh, us a strong city church to to stand on. And that there are twelve of them, and we—I um, can't remember what week we're on. because I guess I'll find out later on, but it's been for week—it's week six or seven, something like that. Next week will be the six, six or seven. That's one of them, but they all—they all been good. Been, uh, been a good time uh, studying those things and what God is calling us to uh, as as believers, and, and as this church. But today we're going—we're going to shift a little bit uh, in light of the, the focus. Uh, of Easter and the focus of uh, this, this time in, in, in our faith as, as Christians, we all take this time to uh, pause and give, give attention to uh, the cross and to the empty tomb. So it's with that in mind that we're going to uh, shift in the, the message uh, today. It's going to be titled uh, The Conversation, The Conversation better things, so we're going to journey a little bit and see see what the Lord has, has to say with us about this, so uh, as y'all know, I am a uh, firm believer in scripture, so I always have a lot of them, and today is no different, <laughs> uh, um, I was here earlier this week studying and praying and uh, got to preaching this to myself in the office over there just, just me in here and it got it got so good to me people would have thought that all of y'all were in here and I was just <laughs> just just so excited about all that that God was, was showing to me. And the thing is some of the things that we're about to go over people uh, would look at and they would call uh, elementary. Well, they, they might not say that, but through their actions, that's what they're saying. Especially when we, when we have the attitude of, "Oh, I heard that before. Give me something new." Well, problem is, the foundation is absolutely essential because you cannot build if you have no foundation. And too many believers are walking around with no foundation in what they believe. We don't know. We don't know what are called the, the fundamental basics of what. Jesus did the, the power of what happened when he got up. I mean, all of us have been to at least one funeral. And the power of being raised from that state and forever securing eternity for those who would lean into him and be in Christ. It's huge. It's huge. So let's uh, let's get ready to embark on this. Uh, starting in Genesis chapter four, verse eight. Genesis chapter four, and verse eight. Father, we thank you for this time that we are about to engage in your word. We thank you, Lord, and we are about to feast from the bread. And thank you, Lord, that as we Partake in this bread, Lord, the bread of your word. Thank you, Father, that it's about to shift something internally. It's about to shift something inside of us. It's about to change something inside of us. I thank you, Lord, that as we are feasting, we're going to be stronger from this time. We are a strong city church. You called us to be a strong people. You've not raised up weak people. You've placed people in the earth for them to be strong. And this is how we gain our strength. Through your word, God. I gain my strength. Of what it is that you speak to me. So now we ask Holy Spirit for you to speak to us. We invite your presence in this time, God. And we all walk away from this time strongly. You the the one the microphone. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. 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 Genesis 4. Uh, Genesis chapter 4 verses 8 through 10. The reason follows. Now, Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know him. i brothers, keeper. And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now, here, uh, Hebrews 12. So uh, context on, on Genesis 4. Genesis 4, we introduced to the characters Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel are two the two kids of, well, not only the two kids, but the two kids of uh, Adam and Eve. They, Cain and Abel, came to give offering to God. God accepts Abel's offering, but not Cain's. That upsets Cain, and what we just read was Cain killing Abel. And God said to Cain, you killed him. But his blood still speaks to me from the ground. So now we're in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. This is speaking about the blood of Jesus. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. To the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. It's Christ's blood. It speaks better things than that of Abel. First of all, it is interesting to note that blood has a voice. That's the first thing I want us to be able to engage and think about. Blood has a voice. Blood has a sound. And there was this sound that was coming up to God as Abel hit the ground and his blood spilled out because God says to Cain you killed the body but his blood is still saying something to me his blood is still crying out to me and if the blood of a natural man is able to cry out and say something to God to grab his attention how much more of the blood of the Messiah is speaking better things so so the author of Hebrews is telling us that that Yes, blood talks, but there's something better that is being said by the blood of Jesus than by the blood of Abel. So what exactly are the better things? What are these better things that's being spoken? So so we, we have to see that when it, when Abel's blood was spilled, that began the journey of man dealing with the internal root of sin that all will be infected by. Because Sin was living in the blood. So so, this, so when Cain and Abel were in, were in the earth, Abel is killed. We have the, we have the introduction to sin before this. So, so you've got sin running rampant within all of humanity. And it's living within the blood. It's living within the blood as most diseases do. Because when a doctor wants to find out something about you, uh, they, they find it out through your DNA roadmap that they will find in your blood. Mm-hmm. They find that within your blood and they, they're able to research and find out everything that they need to know about you. And then God later on requires that blood must be shed in order for him to forgive sin. And we first see that in uh, Genesis when God kills an animal to cover Adam and Eve, to cover the mom and dad of Cain and Abel. So And he also says that the life of a thing is in its blood, and blood must be shed for the remission of sin. So we've got this sin issue which led Cain to even kill Abel in the first place. We've got this sin issue and this sin problem that has contaminated the blood and contaminated all of humanity, yet the blood is still able to speak something something to God and still able to say something to the Lord to grab his attention. But we still have this issue of 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 this sin and contaminated within the blood of humanity. So now we're gonna to roll to uh, Hebrews nine because As a way for God to be approached. We still got this problem of sin. That's going on. But God had a way that he needed to be approached. He had a protocol that he set out. And Hebrews 9. Started in uh, verse 6. So with this prescribed pattern. This is talking about the old way that worship used to go. So with this prescribed pattern of worship. The priest would routinely go in and out of the first chamber. To perform their religious duties go ahead and go to verse 7 I'm going to roll this over right quick so go to verse 7 and the high priest was permitted to enter into the holiest sanctuary of all only once a year and he could never enter without first offering sacrificial blood for both his own sins and the sins of the people go ahead next one Now the Holy Spirit uses the symbols of this pattern of worship to reveal that the perfect way of holiness had not yet been unveiled. For as long as the tabernacle stood, it was an illustration that pointed to our present time of fulfillment, demonstrating that offerings and animal sacrifices have failed to perfectly cleanse the conscience of the worshiper. And the last one. For this old pattern of worship was a matter of external rules and rituals concerning food and drink and ceremonial washings, which was imposed upon us until the appointed time of heart restoration had arrived. Now, let's chop, let's chop all that up. So enters this tabernacle system of worship, this protocol of how God is to be approached. And there's, there, there are these levels of entry that God has. So you've got the sanctuary, the holy place, and the holy of holies. God resides within the last level. So it's so it's the old pattern. Let's go to uh, Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 10. Yes, right here. The old system of living under the law presented us with only a faint shadow, a crude outline of the reality of the wonderful blessings to come. Even with its steady stream of sacrifices offered year after year, there still was nothing that could make our hearts perfect before God. Next verse. For that, if animal sacrifices could once and for all eliminate sin, they would have ceased to be offered and the worshipers would have clean consciences. Instead, once was not enough, so by the repetitive sacrifices year after year, the worshipers were continually reminded of their sins with their hearts still impure. For what power does the blood of bulls and goats have to remove sin's guilt? So, so in this old pattern, that God had established so that people could have a way to get to him. There were animal sacrifices that were involved, but only the high priest could give that sacrifice one time a year. But it was a copy of of the heavenly system. It's a copy of the heavenly system. It's a copy and shadow of something greater that God has wanted to say to us. So in this old pattern, God is trying to speak to humanity. But because of the animal sacrifices, we cannot quite catch up on the same frequency of what it is that he is saying. We can't catch on to what it is that's being said because the animal sacrifices have to be given... Year after year, by the high priest, and it's nothing more than a copy and shadow of something greater that was to come. There was something greater that God was trying to get to us. So, so, so we got so we got this old pattern. I'm grateful that we don't have to do this anymore, because I couldn't imagine having animals coming in and out of here all the time and having to kill something all the time in order for us to be able to talk to God. So, there's this the animal sacrifice process. High priest can only enter in once a year, and he does that on behalf of himself and on behalf of humanity and it's a copy of this heavenly system so we've got this old pattern that's rolling but we need to be able to get into the heavenly things that are being spoken to us so the prophets of old knew this which is why their prophecies were full of hope of the day coming when the perfect sacrifice would be unveiled and given to God but it had to come from someone or, or, or come from something so let's roll to uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 9 and verse, verse 11. But now, now we're rolling into talking about the new system that the Lord was able to bring in for us. Because we were once under this old pattern, under this old system, but now we've got something new. But now the anointed one has become the king priest of every wonderful thing that has come. For he serves in a greater and more perfect heavenly tabernacle, not made by men. Next verse. And he has entered once and forever into the holiest sanctuary of all, not with the blood of animal sacrifices, but the sacred blood of his own sacrifice. And he alone has made our salvation secure forever. Under the old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of the heaven was sprinkled on those who were defiled and effectively cleanse them outwardly from their ceremonial impurities. Yet how much more would the sacred blood of the Messiah thoroughly cleanse our conscience? And stop right there. That was the issue. It was a conscience issue. It was a conscience problem. And the problem with me killing animal over and over again is that that natural blood of an animal cannot catch up on a frequency to be able to hit me in my conscience which is where sin contaminated me in the first place anyone that deals with sin is dealing with the fact that that has come and contaminated me in my heart, contaminated me in my conscience, contaminated me in my nature to where I cannot help but move in a sinful way. So although I'm clean on the outside by an animal sacrifice and I might be good for another year, I still got the same problem that I got to come back and solve again for the next year. So year after year, this same process is happening, which is just enough just to get God off my back for another year. So we, we see and seeing how this worked. This was the system that they had for hundreds of years. I I have enough happening to be able to satisfy God for a year. I can't do it on my own behalf. I gotta have somebody else do it for me. So I better hope that he's on point and better hope that he got everything straight within his life because actually in biblical times they would tie a rope to the ankle of the high priest so that as he entered into the holy place if he had not taken care of everything that he needed to like he needed to and the glory struck that man dead, they would have a way to pull him out from beyond curtain. This was a big deal. This was a serious deal. God said, I would not be approached in any other way than this. So God being approached within that way, it could not touch the conscience, but the blood of the Messiah thoroughly cleansed our consciences. For by the power of the eternal spirit, he has offered himself to God as the perfect sacrifice that now frees us from our dead works to worship and to serve the living god. Then we got a few more verses then the next verse. So Jesus is the one who has enacted a new covenant with a new excuse me with a new relationship with God so that those who accept the invitation will receive the eternal inheritance he has promised to his heirs for he died to release us from the guilt of the violations committed under the first covenant. So, so under the first covenant, this was the first covenant. Under the first covenant, because it could not touch me in my conscience, I still was violated. I still was not perfect. Now, throw our uh, scriptures back up there, Tristan. We're going to stay right there, but right? I just want to say this right quick. Right? It was a violation. Even if I had the high priest go before God on my behalf and take care of the sacrifice, there was still a violation there because it did not touch me within my conscience. As long as it did not touch me within my conscience, I still got a problem. So I got to still wait till next year so that this high priest can go before God and do this for me again. This is the problem with that old system and the problem with that old pattern. And a lot of times in a spiritual sense, we will still live as if that is our reality. We are constantly coming before God As if the blood has not been shed I'm coming before God with this state Of guilt and shame on me For what it is that I may have done Within my past life But the problem is I am not, I am not remembering or understanding That what Jesus did took care of it from the, from the root From the conscious From the place where it touched me in the first place To where I am now something That is brand new and never been seen before Because I have been touched in my conscience i've been touched in my conscience so now oh let's stop don't want to, don't want to go right there yet but let's, let's let's keep keep that up there keep that up there so the bloodshed of Christ was perfect and spotless and it was the right one to be able to speak for us remember blood speaks we, all, we already established that the blood speaks, the blood has something to say. So it speaks for us, and speaks to us, and it carries out the better things of the greater covenant or testament that God has been speaking over our lives since before the foundations of the world. Now, through the blood of Christ, the old system of approaching God is completely abolished, and my conscience is cleansed before God, and I satisfy God's requirement because I am in Christ. As he died, I died, and as he rose, I rose. Now, interesting word here, testament. You got an old one and you got a new one with, within your Bible. The word testament means will. And, and and it can also be a synonymous with the word covenant. And as we got it right here, we're going to read about it. Now, a person's last will and testament can only take effect after one has been proven to have died. Otherwise, the will cannot be enforced while the person who made it is still alive. Stay right there. Go back. Sixteen, seventeen. Otherwise, the will cannot be enforced while the person who made it is still alive. So, because there had been no death, that had blood that was strong enough to touch me in my conscience, I was stuck with this old pattern and stuck with this old system. Now, God comes in and says, I have a will and I got a testament of something that I am leaving to you, but I need some I need somebody to die in order for this to be enacted because now apostles last will as long as the one who wrote it has died. So now we are introduced to the fact that somebody has got to pay the price with their life in order for this to take place. Now, in steps Jesus. He steps in the one who wrote the last will and testament and says, not only am I the author of it, not only am I the one that's going to write it, but I'm going to be the one who lays down my life so that you are able to take to die to abolish this old system and take care of that thereby cleansing my conscience and giving me a, an inheritance giving me a yes, testament that has, has something that God. I am able to reap for for all eternity oh God. roll on to the next verse Tristan. so this is why not even the first covenant was inaugurated without the blood of animals now we're not going to read the rest of this but just a little bit of synopsis with it the first covenant which was this right here Was established by Moses before the children of Israel. After he read all 600 whatever laws, it was. He killed an animal. And that was symbolic of blood being shed so that the first testament, the first will, could be enacted. This is the way that God says he needs to be approached now to enact this. We're going to kill an animal on our behalf. Now, with that in mind, just like that happened in in an old sense, in the old way. God comes up with a new testament. God comes up with a new Will. God comes up with a new way of establishing the covenant before his people. He says, I have, to t- I have to solve this problem of sin and solve this problem that has contaminated us within our blood, contaminated us on the inside, contaminated us within our conscience. So, the same way that because I've established it that without shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin and something has to die in order for me to be able to pardon that sin. Now, in steps Jesus and now we move forward from the earthly things unto the heavenly things hallelujah my God this is so good and let's roll to uh, Hebrews 9 verse 23 now Mm -hmm. Tristan I think you got that on the screen yes thank you and so it was necessary for all the earthly symbols of the heavenly realities to be purified with these animal sacrifices stop right there the earthly symbols, the earthly symbols. Remember, this is this is a copy. This is a copy of something better that God's trying to say to us. So God said, "I can't, I can't deal with what you're saying. sin. It's not that I don't want to, but if I get too close to you, it's going to crush me. Because I'm too glorious. So this is the way that you're going to approach me." This is the way the children of Israel had to approach. Now, in order for those things to be purified, everything that they used in the temple, everything that they used to approach God, all of the different rituals and routines that they had to go through in order to get to God, an animal had to die and its blood had to be sprinkled on those particular utensils and items so that God would say that that is holy. That is what's been said. So it was necessary for all the earthly symbols of the heavenly realities to be purified with these animal sacrifices but the heavenly things themselves require a superior sacrifice than these so both need a sacrifice we had done no way with sacrifice something still got to die but the blood of an animal will not be enough God said the blood of anything found in the earth is not going to be enough so now God's got a problem Because I I need something greater. I need something that is higher. I need a blood that is on a higher frequency to take care of this so that I can be with my people. I need this sin contamination dealt with once and for all, but I need a higher blood. Next verse. For the Messiah did not enter into the earthly tabernacle made by men, which was but an echo of the true sanctuary. But he entered into heaven itself to appear before the face of God in our place. Under the old system, year after year, the high priest entered the most holy sanctuary with blood that was not his own. My God. But the Messiah did not need to repeatedly offer himself year after year. Next verse. For that would mean he would suffer repeatedly ever since the fall of the world. But now he has appeared at the fulfillment of the ages to abolish sin once for all and all by the sacrifice of himself. So G- Jesus didn't need to take care of this year after year. He did not have to go year after year because his blood was on a higher frequency and it came from from a different place. If you remember, it, his blood came straight from the Father. He did not have an earthly father. But the Holy Spirit said that I'm going to come upon her and overshadow her. As a result of that overshadowing, she is going to be affected. He did not get his blood in the same way that I got mine. So because he did not get his blood the same way that I got mine, he now qualifies as the one. And now looking, looking back up, Tristan, go to verse 25. There's something that I want to highlight. And the fact that another old system, year after year, the high priest entered the most holy sanctuary with blood that was not his own. Blood that was not his own. Why is that? Because no high priest or any man could put their own blood on the line to meet God's righteous requirements. No one could do that no one they even want to there's a scripture that says that uh, uh, rarely for a righteous man one might die before a good man someone may, may even attend to meaning that there's no one that, that would want to put their life on the line in that kind of way in that kind of capacity and even if they did the problem with that is all blood does not have the same testimony Amen. Oh, my God, Amen. all blood doesn't speak the same thing all the blood of Abel at that time it was contaminated by sin. It was contaminated and being contaminated by sin and speaking to God. And there's a two different frequencies going on. There are two different frequencies going on and that, and that blood, although it could talk to God, God couldn't talk back. God cannot talk back to something that is sin not because he does not want to it is the righteous law that he has established I and sin cannot cohabitate we can't live together we can't live together that was the whole issue and why we needed this pattern in the first place so that we were able to have God or at least have access to him in some kind of way he did not live in me in this pattern he lived in no one he came upon people as he so chose, but he dwelled in no one at that time. Dwelled in nobody. So Abel's blood cries out for vengeance and justice. The blood of mere men contaminated by sin could not bespeak the things from heaven. They had no knowledge of what that was. And you can't pick up on that frequency because it's too high. So the earthly things on copy were made pure by being touched with earthly blood. So heavenly things need that superior sacrifice in order to enter the conversation. Why? Because you cannot solve a problem on the same level in which it was created. Come on. If I got a problem that I have created within the earth which we had, Sin is an, is an earth issue, not a heaven issue. It is not a heaven issue. Heaven is right. Heaven is running on all settlers as it has for all of eternity. So my problem was I'm in the earth and sin has been created within the earth. Problem is we run around within the earth for eons of time trying to find somebody, trying to find something in the earth to help us with this problem. Can you solve this problem for me? So in steps to animal sacrifices. I'll kill the animal year after year. I'll kill the animal for another year. But it's not hitting me in the place that it needs to. So I need to go to a higher Level so that I can find a permanent solution for what it is that has been created. Because I cannot solve a problem on the same level that it has been created. So I needed someone who was heavenly. I needed somebody who was from another place to be able to step down, stepping down through 40 and two generations, steps himself into Mary's room, wraps himself up in flesh, and comes out Emmanuel. Something from a higher place. I need something from a higher place to take care of my earthly problem because I cannot solve it in the same level in which it has been created. Case in for those of who are parents in here, your child comes to you with an issue. More than likely, you have already faced that issue. You've already faced it, you've already tasted it. So now you have wisdom, which has introduced you to a higher level and you're able to turn around look at the lower level that they're living in right now and be able to get solution because you have been there. Same thing. As God looks down from heaven into earth and sees the issue, he is able to take care of and give us what it is that we need. You see, the blood of animals could not touch the root issue. Can touch us within our within our conscience. So the bloodshed of Christ took the conversation to a higher level and resolved God's requirement and removed sin from the consciences of the worship, the consciences of the worship. There's a conversation that the blood is having on our behalf, for it speaks better things. It's speaking better things than it's having a conversation on our behalf and it's speaking to the father because he went straight to heaven he didn't have to come through a tabernacle or come through the temple he went straight before the father with the sacrifice and now his blood is speaking something better the blood speaks and it testifies on our behalf that we may have life and it discharges me from sin and guilt and everything that was holding on to me but it's on a frequency that I cannot communicate on by myself I had to have a mediator. Amen. I had to have one. And that's what we read, read about a little bit earlier. Jesus being the mediator and the sprinkling of his blood, speaking better things than that of Abel. I had to have a mediator because I cannot pick up all that frequency. You know that, I don't, I don't know how many of you guys have, have pets and whatnot, but there's this thing called a dog whistle. And when you blow a dog whistle, you can blow it, and you would think it's broken because you cannot pick up on what it is that is happening when the whistle's blowing. But if you blow it within the environment of the dog, you will see the dog perk up his ears. You'll see the dog come to attention. You'll see the dog begin to move around trying to figure out where is that sound coming from. And him trying to figure that out is because something has come within the frequency of his hearing where he is able to pick up on something. And just because something is not being able for me to be picked up on doesn't mean that it's not working. And as such, the blood has a frequency to it. The blood has a frequency to it to where it is speaking something that I cannot pick up on. But I thank God that I survey God that when the blood cried out to him, he was able to hear it. Amen. When the blood cried out to him. He was able to pick up on it. So I didn't have to shed my own blood, or I didn't have to do something, or meet some kind of requirement before God and come before him with all these hard and difficult things that I could not keep up with or do. But all I had to do was get myself engaged with the blood of Jesus. And as the blood of Jesus was shed, when it was shed, there was a conversation that began to happen before God on my behalf. And there was a frequency in which it was being spoken. And as it was being spoken, God's ears came to attention, and he's saying, I am hearing something that I've never heard before, and now that I'm hearing the right thing, and I'm hearing that the sins, and that the sin issue has been taken care of, I am going to remember them no more, and I'm going to cast them as far as the east is from the west, and I will forever be open and available as long as they come to me in Christ and through the path of the blood because it speaks something better. Abel's blood did not speak toward forgiveness. Abel's blood did not speak toward recompense. Abel's blood did not speak toward being delivered and forever free from the guilt and the bondage of the curse of the law. But in steps the blood of Jesus to give a testimony and forever free us from the contamination of my conscience. My conscience is different. I am conscious of something different. Any man being in Christ and being a new creation, I'm no longer sin conscious. Huge. I'm no longer sin conscious. So that I'm not worried about so much of making a mistake. Amen. Amen. Making a mistake. Doing something wrong. Not doing this right. Not doing that right. Because in Christ, my conscience as bishop. And as my conscience has been shifted, I'm made aware and I'm made alive of something different because the blood speaks better things. It speaks better things and it has changed forever, forever changed the testimony that comes out of my mouth. It has forever changed the testimony that comes from me, for we overcome by the blood of And by the word of our testimony, I overcome by the blood of the lamb because the blood of the lamb had a conversation for me on my behalf. And as it had a conversation for me on my behalf, it changed my testimony, it gave me words to my testimony. Because without the shedding of the blood, I have no testimony. Without the shedding of the blood, there's nothing for me to talk about. I have nothing to talk about if the bloodshed had not taken place. So with the bloodshed taking place and speaking those better things on my behalf, it gives me words to my testimony. It gives me words to be able to worship. It gives me words to be able to lift my hands and thank God. It gives me words to be able to say thanks unto God. that there's victory given to me in Christ Jesus that I am born again. I am a born again believer that redemption has been given unto me and I am forever cleansed from the stain of sin over my life. I have forever been clean because he has raised me too life forever, ever seeing me in heavenly places this is our reality church because the blood speaks better things Amen. the blood speaks better things the bloodshed speaks better things, the bloodshed speaks healing over me the bloodshed speaks deliverance over me the bloodshed speaks speaks awareness in me The bloodshed says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The bloodshed says that that he's able to provide for me for he is Jehovah Jireh. The bloodshed turns everything around and shifts my life in an upward trajectory, forever placing me in the hands of my Savior. There was a better conversation had on our behalf. Because the blood of animals, if we were still under that system, could not talk to God. Too high in frequency. God cannot conversate with the blood of a man or the blood of an animal. That's why that system didn't work. But thanks be to God and his song was sent. And when that blood was shed, you, you can play with me, man. There was a conversation that took place on our behalf forever cleansing us from the bondage of sin. Cleansing me and my conscience. And I know some, some of us right now This might not even mean a whole lot to you because we're so focused in on the actions of sin. I do this, I do that. I don't want to do those things, but I do that. First and foremost, your conscience has to be touched. Your your internal hardware has to be changed. That's why you're still in the cycle of doing what you don't want to do internal hardware has to be reset. I found that reprogramming a computer. As long as I don't reprogram it, the virus still exists. At the root. But what took place at Calvary in taking care of the conscience and that conversation happening before God and those better things being spoken on our behalf gave me a right for my internal heart to become something different. So now I can't help but produce a different result. Because the conscience has been created. And today we celebrate the fact that the blood was shed and that he rose victorious with all power and authority given to him that at his name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord and today as it has for thousands of years the blood is still conversating it's still talking it still stands before God in the day that the accuser will come and miss the many reasons that you should not be forgiven that you should not have what you have, that you should not have a right to eternal life. The bloodshed stands up and says, object." The blood speaks, "I object." That's already been taken care of. Page in full. So on the day of another mistake, another mess up, another hiccup, the blood still stands. This message is go on without take, taking this time to make sure that everybody has an understanding of this reality. And if you, you know, I'm, I'm gonna ask right quick everybody, uh, bow your heads and bow your eyes closed. Speak this up. May this a personal moment between you and the Father. The blood speaks better things. He's spoken better things on our behalf. But I need to make sure that everybody has accepted what the blood is saying over your life. And the fact that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Because until that happens, the blood's testimony about you has no effect. There's a better thing that's being spoken over your life. There's a better thing that's being spoken over you. There's a better thing, there's better testimony that's being spoken about you. I don't care what somebody said to you before. I'm sorry what your mother or father said to you. Or what someone who, who was supposed to be a responsible caregiver said to you or said about you. But there is someone and something that speaks a better testimony over you. There's a better story over you. There's more to you than what might have been seen up until this point. But until we establish the lordship of Jesus in our life and acknowledge his death is our death his resurrection is our resurrection we cannot partake of that life and so I'll taking this moment right quick and if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you accepted with the cares of life and different issues and whatnot just pulled your way pulled your way to where if one looked at your life, we couldn't tell that the Lord has lordship over your life. And you would like to rededicate it. On the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to slip your hand in the air. Lord, we just thank you that this is a safe moment. This is a safe time. It's not an embarrassing moment. It's not an embarrassing time. Nobody's looking at somebody. Thinking about somebody. This is a this is a decision about eternity. This is an eternal decision between you and the Father. That's why this woman has been created and This is a safe environment for these kind of decisions that forever transform our life can be made. So on the count of three. One, two, three. Yes, anybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you. For your goodness. Thank you, and as a result of the blessing, it speaks better things. Let that soak in. Righteousness. Your righteousness. You you have given to us. And we are forever secure in eternity with you. Because we are saved. And come on, somebody put your hands together in the Son of God. with us and we'll be back next week 11 a.m we'll see you next week.